Good morning. I'm very glad to see you here today. Thanks for joining us. And uh, you might not have known it when you came today. Some of you came on time at 9 o'clock, and, that, and so you found out that today was a different day, and we started a little late. We do that when uh, we're going to have lunch afterwards. Otherwise, there's too big of a gap between the end of the service and lunchtime. And uh, so, uh, as you've heard now, uh, after the service today, we're going to go on down to the Tuluwe Park. And uh, we're going to have a little cookout and social time. Now, we always have coffee after the service. So out there on the porch, you can hang out here as long as you like and head on down there at your leisure. And uh, we'll probably have lunch around noontime or so. And uh, so you're all invited. Even if you came here today and you weren't planning on it when you got here, we, we'd love to have you. Today is about sort of, well, telling folks who might have, be here for the first time and it's honestly a good reminder for all of us who are here all the time what this church is all about. And that's what we're doing today. One of the things this church is all about is, uh, well, socializing. We uh, love each other because God has loved us. And so we like to hang out together after the service every Sunday. If you were, have been here, you know this. Every Sunday after the service, we all go out and hang out on the porch and just talk. It takes forever to get everyone out of here. We have a, normally after the service, we have a Sunday school time where uh, we have a, uh, whoever wants to come, we meet in the room over here. There's an air conditioner in there. And we meet in there and we just discuss the message of that day. Today we're not doing that because we're all going to the park. But you know, it is every week, it is hard to get that meeting started because we are so busy uh, just chit-chatting with each other, knowing each other, getting to know each other. And uh, I hope as you've come in the church today, you've experienced a warm welcome. Now sometimes I guess that might not happen, but uh, if you stick around afterwards, I pretty much guarantee it'll happen. And uh, so we want you to stay and enjoy that time of uh, fellowship. Now, if you are here for the first time, when you came in, you should have gotten one of these. And if you didn't, you could raise your hand right now and somebody's going to bring you one. Uh, but you should have gotten one of these. This is just a little pamphlet that kind of tells you what we're about a little bit. And it has... Uh, pretty much our regular schedule of events in it. Also, inside it, it has one of these. This is called a connection card. And you can probably tell by looking at it, uh, we'd like to know you were here. <laughs> so if you would put your name and contact information, we promise we're not going to bug you. If you check the visitor tag here, we're not going to bug you about, uh, you know, where'd you go or anything like that, I'll probably send you like one email to thank you for coming and if, if you want to keep hearing from us, you're going to have to ask for it. Uh, but uh, we would like to have that record of your presence and uh, now we already took the offering, 
So you can't put this in the offering, I guess. But what you can do is hand it to the person who handed this to you when you came in here. So uh, that's Lucy. Where's Lucy? Right There she is right over there. So if you, or you can hand it to me if you want. And uh, we, we sure would appreciate that. Now, since today is all about what we're all about, we don't usually do this because we have a bulletin. But I'm going to pretty much read you the bulletin now. So here you ready? Here's a list right here in the middle of all the stuff we do on a regular basis. So uh, every other Sunday, and some of them, some of these groups, they can't stand it. They can't wait two weeks, so they meet every week, some of them. We have home fellowship groups. And, uh, you know, we have this problem. Today, our guy who organizes home fellowship groups is down there in the park cooking the burgers already. So he's not here. I can't. His name is Yanto. But anyway, uh, these groups meet every other week. It's a great way to get to know people even better on a more intimate level, sharing the Christian life together. Every month... We have a men's breakfast. We just had it yesterday, and oh my goodness, that was some breakfast we had. And uh, then we also had some teaching from me, so that's good too. Then also once a month, we have a women's group that meets. It's called the Dorcas Circle, and they meet on the third Saturday of every month. So there's one of those coming up this weekend, I believe. You might not know it, but if you're in here and you speak Papimento and you'd like to hear the message in Papimento, we provide a live translation every Sunday. And so there's some instructions right here about how to get it. Uh, you can use your phone. You get a little app. It's broad, we are broadcasting it into the room as soon as I start preaching. Could be already happening. Franklin, the guy who was just here a minute ago, he's the guy who does it every week. A recording of it is available on our website. So if you'd like to hear the message in Pavimento, you can do that. The instructions about how to. We'll even give you the little headphones you need because we don't want you playing this on your phone out loud, you know, right here in the room. So you got to use some earplugs. <sighs> you noticed if you came in here today, you might have seen over here, we've got this half-built building out here. We're uh, working on it, and uh, we're going to, we're, you know, collecting funds. We're a little better than three-fourths of the way through collecting the funds for that. And if you'd like to give to that purpose, there's a box back there on the back table called the building fund box. And you can just put an offering in there, and it will go toward that. Let's see, let's see, oh, down the page we go. Also, you might not notice this, not, you might not know this, even if you're a regular attender here, even though we print it in the bulletin every week, there's a Facebook group, a private Facebook group for the fellowship of this church. And I would encourage you to join it because sometimes things get announced there that don't get announced on our public Facebook page. So if you haven't done so yet, you should go, uh, you know, you have to request and we have to approve. You know, we, it's like, yeah, we know you, you're in. So then that group is available to the members of the church or to anyone who's a part of our fellowship uh, to make some kind of announcement 
you can do it right there. And then it's not public, it just goes to the people who are in that group. So there you go, Facebook, it's called IBC Community. Also, this service right now, there's a camera back there pointed at me, I think, and right now this service is being broadcast live on Facebook. So maybe you're only here this week and you go, wow, that was good, I'd like to see that every week. You can do that. Uh, my, uh, a lot of my relatives watch. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Mom. For some reason, my, I don't think my brothers watch. I don't know what their deal is. But anyway, if you're watching, sorry, Sheldon. Sorry, Matt. Anyway, if, you're, if you can't be here one Sunday and you still want to participate, the whole service is live on Facebook. Oh, man. Now, on the back of your bulletin, I'm telling you this because I know how much attention your bulletin gets. There's a list of prayer items on the back of the bulletin every Sunday. I would encourage you to pay attention to that. Uh, maybe someone's sick, maybe somebody has a need in their life, that's where those things get listed. If there's something you'd like all of us to pray for, and you send me an email and say, could you please put this on the prayer list, it will go on this list and people will be praying for you. Uh, I want to draw your attention in particular to one of these prayer requests today for our missionary, Rosalba Mendoza. She is, uh, as we speak, traveling. She's got to go back to Venezuela because her passport has expired. And she has to get a new passport in order to continue serving. She, in her email message about this, said, said it exactly like this, pray that God will work a miracle and I will get a new passport. Because Venezuela is not enthusiastic about giving passports to potential Christian missionaries. So I invite you to pray. And let's see what God does getting her a new passport. She has uh, developed an interest in a calling, I guess, to serve in North Korea. I mean, this woman is asking for the impossible. She wants to serve with Voice of the Mar Martyrs Mission in North Korea. And so, we better pray. I mean, and when, she, when the Lord makes that happen, we better pray even harder for Rosalba. Uh, I admire so much her boldness for the cause of the gospel. And so, I just want to remind you, that prayer request is right there. And uh, please pray for Rosalba. Also on the back of your bulletin, every week there's this thing. It's a building tracker, the building fund tracker. It tells you exactly where we are in terms of the building fund. Today I added a, a, a new little note there. We've raised almost 76% of the total budget for that building. And we've only been working on it maybe four years, maybe five, I think four. I mean, look around here, folks. We did not do that. God is doing that. We said this at the beginning, 
This budget is not something this church can do. There's only 42 members of this church. There's only about 100 people on a good day when we're all here. That's crazy. So far, $212,266. This is evidence of the Lord's work. God providing for us. How does he do it? He moves his people to be generous. And so we have a part in it, but it's not us doing it. And it's not for us either in the end. It's for the ministry, the announcement of this great good news that we all share in. That's why we do everything we do here in this church. Because Jesus has come. (laughs) And he has risen from the dead. And he ever lives to make intercession for me and for you when we put our trust in him. (sighs) Talk about crazy generous. That's crazy generous. There's no reason for him to do that other than his own sovereign love. And that's what we really want to talk about today. The title of our message is, Have You Heard? Have you heard? Because that's what you say when you've heard something important. And you meet somebody, you say, Have you heard? Did you hear? Have you heard? And you don't even say, have you heard about such and such and such and such? Because that part's understood if they've heard. And they say, but sometimes they say, no, what? And then you say, oh, well, let me tell you what. What we're dealing with in this church and in every church that is a church is good news. So I have it right here. IBC. Good news people. That's who we are. Let me say that again. That's who we are. Now, we forget who we are sometimes because we are also sinners and we're also you know, regular old faulty people. But that's who we are. At the heart of everything, the scripture says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new, a new, a new creation. He is a person who has been absorbed into this fantastic news. The Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, was born, grew up, lived a perfectly sinful life, substituting himself for me, died substituting himself for me, though he should not have died, he did, rose again from the dead, demonstrating the reality of what I'm saying, ascended into heaven, established his church, sent his spirit, (laughs) and now today, every moment, every day, He is standing between me and the judgment of God for my falling short all the time. 
and he has promised, and his word is good. He has promised to come back for everyone who puts their faith in him and to lead us in resurrection also so that we will be fully, completely, finally delivered from sin and every last one of its evil consequences for good and forever. This is not angry news. <laughs> I'm, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't be mad at anyone. Oh, but sometimes I get mad. That's because I forgot something. I didn't really realize it. This place is all about the good news. It's right there on the front of the building. Gospel-centered. Gospel-centered. It's good news. It's good news. The bad news was delivered all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. There's no bad news we got to tell. The bad news is everywhere you look. I had a seminary professor say, you know, I think the Christian doctrine that's the easiest to prove is the doctrine of total depravity. Just look around. I grew up in a really nice family. I have two brothers and two sisters who I love, and I've loved them my whole life. And I could torture them for the fun of it. Even now, I might, in some kind of subtle way, enjoy that. What is wrong with me? The same thing that's wrong with you. And you might not be the worst possible sinner, but the least sinner is lost in sin. The bad news was delivered by God to Adam and to Eve and to the serpent way thousands of years ago. And it's been reiterated from time to time. It's reiterated on a daily basis every time anyone dies. That's the bad news. The wages of sin is death. We're about the good news, which is God has done something about the bad news. We'd, we weren't in a position to help ourselves, but he helps us. And this is not about developing some kind of religious or moral life. God gives his law, <laughs> and if you work on his law, it will defeat you because you are already lost. And you are already a sinner. And so when God tells you, here's what righteousness requires, 
That's a standard you can't make. And you can only claim to make it if you adjust it rather dramatically so that you can say, well, I'm not as bad as that guy, so I guess I'll be okay. You are not okay. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. So this is not about getting you to be more obedient to God. This is about how our obedient Savior gave himself a substitute for you and leaves you nothing to do but rest in him. That is good news. That is the best possible. It is a gift, a gift, a gift. If you gave your son a motor... A, well, maybe not a motorcycle. My dad, you know, he used to threaten to buy us a motorcycle. <laughs> he said, if you're not careful, I'll buy you a motorcycle. There's more than one way to get rid of you. Well, anyway, let's suppose you gave your son a bicycle for his birthday or for, the, for Christmas or, some, or just you're just being nice. And let's imagine your son said, wow, that's a great bicycle mom dad great thank you thank you thank you what do I owe you well that indicates he doesn't really appreciate the nature of a gift and what if he said thank you thank you thank you and you never saw him on the bicycle. Well, he didn't really regard it as all that great, I guess. We're here to enjoy our gift. We are not mad at anybody. I'm not here to correct you. I might correct you from time to time, just warning. But that's not my goal. I'm not here to correct you or make you behave yourself or coerce you or threaten you. I am here to announce the good news. I'm here to show and tell. My role as a preacher is to stand like a tour guide in front of an amazing view and say, get a load of this. Get a load of the great, amazing grace of our God in Christ. Please see it. Oh, I hope you can see it. It is the best of the best of the best. And if I say that and I look mad at you while I'm saying it, I'm missing something. I'm telling you all, if you know it, and you look mad at the people you're announcing it to, you're missing something. I'm here to show and tell Christ is leading a resurrection from the dead, praise God. Have you heard the good news? Have you seen how stuck people are? Jesus unsticks us. Jesus pulls us out of the mud. 
Now, the second thing I want to tell you about this is this is the message of the Bible, this good news. That's the other thing you see out there on the front of the building, Bible-based. The Word of God is the Word of God. And what God says is true, and we are simply to believe it. Because God is not a liar. The Bible tells us how we came to be stuck. We turned from trusting God to relying on ourselves. We said, oh, well, we could, we'll be God. That's good. Yeah. Thanks, God, but we'll handle this ourselves. But since righteousness depends on depending on God... When we stop depending on God, we can't produce righteousness. We must and always do fail. Even the good things we do that are actually good in themselves, we do to demonstrate ourselves and therefore we pollute them with our self-righteous unrighteousness. Even when I do the right thing, it's wrong. I cannot get myself out of this puddle, out of this mud hole, out of this quicksand. And the Bible is the story of what God has done about this problem because he loves us. He gave us his law in order to show us we can't do it. And he gave us his son to do it on our behalf. So we simply trust it. What he's done is Jesus. What he's done is Jesus, the eternal son of the triune God. Jesus, come to be one of us. Already this is beyond belief. This is crazy. The ever-living eternal son of God became like me, one of me, one of you, one of us. A man, a flesh and blood man. And then he lived his life in absolutely perfect obedience to the law of God in every last aspect perfectly. That was not easy, even for him. Jesus resisting temptation is a bigger deal the way Jesus does it because he actually does it. If you tempt me hard enough, I'll fail. He kept going at the point where I would fail or where you would fail. He continued to resist temptation to the point of perfection at all times. Even, the scripture says, he was obedient even to the point of death, even death on a cross. He was perfectly obedient. We call this the active suffering of Christ. It's part of our atonement. It is the righteousness I get credit for when I put my faith in him. He lived in perfect obedience. He gave his life a sacrifice for sin. So the penalty for my sin and for yours has been met by Christ. If you trust him, there's no penalty left for you. So Romans says the good news, 
There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. <laughs> or like we read last week, no one can snatch you from my hand. And the Father who's given, the, given the, my sheep to me, the Father who's given you to Christ, is stronger than all. No one can snatch you from his hand. You are held in the grasp of God when you put your faith in Christ. You cannot be lost. You will not be punished. You will, Jesus said, I will raise them up on the last day. The very God of gods, the Lord Almighty has said to you, he will raise you. This is good news. This is what this church is about. It's the message of the Bible, what Jesus has done. He's been made one of us incarnation. He's been obedient. He's given his life a sacrifice for sin. He rose from the dead, he says in the book of John, like we've been reading. No one's taking my life from me. I'm laying it down, and I'll take it up again. <laughs> he has ascended into heaven and now is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high where he, according to the book of Hebrews, ever lives to make intercession for us. You know, since you got up this morning, it's 11.15, you've needed some intercession. You might say, well, how do you know? Because I did. I'm the pastor, so obviously you did too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Here's the thing. We've been redeemed, but we're not totally saved yet, so we're still walking around sinners, saints and sinners, as Martin Luther said it. We are both saints and sinners. So we still need Christ as our mediator with God. And what is his plea? You know, I've, I've been uh, less than perfect today. I guess I don't need to give you any specific examples. You probably believe me. <laughs> I've been less than perfect today. Less than perfect righteousness. The Bible says Christ is my intercessor before God. What does he say? To keep a totally holy, absolutely righteous God from judging me. What does he say? I'll tell you what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, well, you know, most of the time he's pretty good. Oh, and you know he's a pastor, right? Oh, and you remember he did that one, yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. He did that, that really good thing and nobody knew. He just did it secretly. I'm making that up, by the way. He just did it secretly and, you know, that was good, wasn't it? The Lord Jesus Christ never says anything about my goodness. Because he has no respect for my goodness whatsoever. Because my goodness is always polluted and a mess. And I might be getting more and more righteous in good righteousness. But I'm, I mean, if we're talking about between me and Jesus, 
There's a big gap left. What does he say? He doesn't point to my good deeds. He doesn't compare me to somebody else and say, yeah, well, he's a little better than that guy. He doesn't do any of that. What does he say? He says, I died for him. And he is with me. That's all the whole answer. And I will raise him up on the last day. That's the whole answer. And when I stand before God, that's the only answer I can give. Um, I'm with him. I'm with him. If he doesn't get me in, I'm lost. That's the only answer. What Jesus says for you, to intercede for you, is nothing about how you did something pretty good the other day, or, well, you're not as bad as Hitler, or, you know, you've never killed anyone. All the stuff we say, he never says any of that. What he says is, I died for him. I died for her. She is mine. He is mine. I, I am grasping onto them and the penalty for their sin was met by the cross. That's the only answer. And that is good news. That is good news. This is the message of the Bible. The message of Jesus' incarnation, obedience, sacrifice, resurrection, ascension, intercession, his promised return, and his eternal reign. You're not the main character. He is. So the first thing we are here is we're the good news people. This, this church is about the gospel. It is about this message. Everything we do relates to that. If we just do something nice for the community. Oh, I meant to, I meant to point this out to you all. You know, we, uh, we had a group of people recently who fixed up this park where we're having our little event this afternoon because the toys and stuff were all sort of broken down. And I wanted to give credit uh, because the credit really goes to uh, Jonas Fisher and Greta Everts, who was here a second ago. Neither one of them are here right now. You know why? They're down there getting ready for us to come down there and eat the lunch they're making us. And, you know, Greta organizes everything around here. So the, the, my point is, when you get there, thank them. Why? Why do we do that? Because it's good, and it expresses this love which we have experienced ourselves. It's all grounded in this message of the Lord Jesus Christ bringing the love of God to me and to you. And we cannot keep that to ourselves. It's all about the good news. It's the message of the Bible, and it's for everyone. That's the third thing on the sign out there, multicultural. That's what we mean when we say it's for everyone. It's for every race. It's for every nationality. It's for every economic status. It's for every gender, for both genders. This is in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. It states it very emphatically. 
Whatever your level of intellect, education, or ability, whatever culture you were born in or raised in, whatever scale the word uses to divide is absolutely abandoned here. Now, we're not very good at this in practice. We have a tendency to think, you know, in our own cultural boxes and in our own status and in our own blah, blah, blah. So we're, we're working on it. But here's the thing, it is not allowed to look down on anyone by the gospel. The gospel absolutely flattens humanity. No one is more lost than anyone else, and nobody who's in Christ is more saved than anyone else. It is completely flat. And you know what? where Jesus went in the stature of things. It's all in Philippians chapter 2. It says he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, which means it was something he possessed. But he set it aside. And he humbled himself. And he became a man. Already, that is total humility. But then it says, and as a man he humbled himself. He humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. There is no lower position in human society than the victim of capital punishment. If you ask where do you find Jesus in the stratus of human culture? The answer is the bottom. So if you're looking down on anybody, you are not next to Jesus. He puts himself beneath us all to lift us up. So here... It's for everyone. It is absolutely indiscriminate. I don't care where you came from. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how powerful you are. It does not matter. Your profession, your personal taste, how you comb your hair or what kind of dress you wear, stuff that matters to us every day in the world, does not matter here. Your politics, your moral uprightness, your sobriety, your etiquette, none of it. It doesn't matter. It's all level. The gospel is the only thing that brings true liberty and equality. The only one. The only thing. True liberty and equality. So that's what we're about here. <laughs> and what we do here is we celebrate. This, you might not have noticed, but this is a party. It's a weird kind of party, I know. But we sing, we remember and enjoy God's grace because we've heard it and we believe it. We've seen Christ for who he really is. What we do is trust ourselves to that and what we do in here is we remember that, we trust ourselves to that, and we dance in the fountain of God's grace. That is what we do here.
we dive in, we splash around in the love of God in Christ by the Spirit. We find this in the Bible. So one thing we do here is teach the Bible because it is the good news. It takes a lot of words to say the good news. None of us know it well enough. We need to study it harder, learn it better, get it down because it is the heart of everything the authority by which we operate. We celebrate together every Sunday in worship. We look to God's perfect provision because we are his children. He is our Abba Father. So we pray. We pray. We say this all the time. As soon as you pray, you've got the whole Christian life figured out. That's all there is. It's all a prayer. As soon as you start looking to God instead of anything else, you are making the right move. That's faith. That's repentance. We pray. Every Sunday we come in here and we have this little party. We remember. We renew. We rest again in Christ. We rest again in Christ. Because we know this love, we are secure people. Now, we vary in how well we figured that out. But if you are in Christ, you could not possibly be more secure in real fact and reality. You cannot be more secure than to be the child of God. You might still worry about stuff, but if you do, you're, well, you don't have to because you are actually secure in Christ. And because this is true, we can be real with each other. We can be real because I don't actually have to worry about whether you think I'm a good guy or not. I don't have to pretend that I am a good guy so in order to keep my reputation up with you. So I'm telling you, I'm not that good. I might be better than some of y'all, but I'm not that great. And none of us are. All our righteousness is from Christ. That's the only righteousness anyone should care about anyway. So I can be real with you. The Bible says confess your sins one to another so that you might be healed. I can, I can be honest. And here in this church, if you're honest, we will not condemn you. Because he doesn't. And who are we? So we can have truthfulness and unconditional acceptance in the same room. This is hard work. I'm not going to deny that. But that's possible because of this good news, because of our security in Christ. We can have a depth of fellowship that is not available to people who don't know his love. We take care of each other and we take care of the people around us because we want to show the love of Christ. We share the good news. And then we can see the power and the grace of God in the artistry of what he has made, including the faces of one another. This church is about the good news. Is that clear yet?
we would love for you to join us whenever possible uh, and share in this celebration. I want to encourage you, if you're a regular part of our church, to remember it's the good news. We rest in it. And the power for doing good stuff comes from resting in the grace of God in Christ. If I jump ahead and try to show how show my salvation by my works, I can get tied up in myself and become something like an angry moralist. If I start resting in him, in the power of his grace, I have the security and the love I need to do amazing things, to take bold risks, to share the good news with someone else, either by what I say or by what I do. I can love other people because I have been powerfully loved. That's what we do here at International Bible Church. Some of that is what we aspire to do. But the thing that's at the heart of it is a thing that has been done by God Almighty. And it's a thing that he's working into our lives. So we trust him. Father, we give you thanks for this great, amazing grace. Lord, I thank you for everybody that's here today. Pray that this grace would be real to them. That we would grow in our understanding of it and in our reliance upon it. Father, I, want, I just want to remember Rosalba today. And Lord, we, uh, we want to ask for success in these plans for her to renew her passport, to continue to serve. Lord, we know that your plan is already laid and it is perfect and good and we trust in it. Lord, we, uh, we just ask that you would uh, level the path in her life. Make it clear, make your direction clear. And Lord, we look forward to your provision for these things. Thank you, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.